All right, we're starting. All right, Stars Rundown, Episode 5. The Dallas Stars have traded Dennis Gurionov. Let's get your initial reactions, and we'll break down the trade. Dude, crazy enough, I actually said this was going to happen last night. I don't know if Kyle remembers that, but we were watching the game, and I think it was like midway through, and the offense was struggling to get, did get a lot of shots on the board, but weren't putting up goals. And I said, Kyle, I, t- I told Kyle, if we had a bad game, we were making a trade tomorrow. And what do you know? We wake up to a trade. This isn't a video podcast, but for you listening, I am wearing my Dennis Garyanov jersey and salute to him. And if anybody is interested, any listeners at all, I will be selling this jersey for about two fifty. Um, if you want it, I mean, we could do some type of deal. We can do like two twenty, but it's a great jersey, great player. He could be in the Hall of Fame one day. So just want to put that out there, Kyle. What are your thoughts on the on the trade? Boston actually said if we lose, we were going to make a trade. But I, but yeah, I, like I said. I mean, I think it's a case of two dudes needing new new scenery. I think Dennis Gurion's time in Dallas was done. Um, and Dedanov has struggled this year in Montreal. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. If I'll say works. I like that he scored 20 goals five times in his career. Like, that's, that's not something that Gurionov has done. Yeah, and you look at where where he's been and where he's struggled. It's been on teams that were not competitive. So, I mean, his other team when he started was Ottawa, and, you know, they weren't competitive, and he struggled. But then he went to Vegas last year and put up 20 goals and 23 assists. So, hopefully that's a sign of, you know, he gets on a team that's competitive, that he can put up good numbers. But we'll see. So let's, if he gets, let's talk about the, chemistry uh, be good. Let's talk about the line. So, does he move in with Marchman and Sagan for the third line? Is that what they're doing? I mean, that's the way I see it, right? Yeah, but I mean, it, really looking at this trade, it's more of a salary cap thing, if anything, right? Montreal ain't half of the, sal- the salary coming over here. So and we he actually, is a free agent, correct? Yeah, like we, actually, we actually gained $400,000 in, in cap, so it's going to allow us to bring up a second forward. So really, it's just a swap. Um, what I thought was funny, I was looking at some of the, the Canadians fans after the trade, and they literally are like praising their GM, thinking they just won the lottery for getting rid of Dedanov. And they uh, easily could have, maybe. Who knows? They just got so a player with nine what points. Is, what does that give you as a uh, Canadians fan? Like, is he, is Gurionov restricted again? Like, isn't he a free agent after this year? So, yeah, he's why a free does agent. that help? still be restricted. Why does that help? Oh, well, I was just going to say, why does that help Montreal at all? Well, I mean, Montreal's a rebuilding team, right? Right. I'm if... saying, is is he restricted again where they can retain him easier? Yes, I think yeah. so. Okay. Okay. But, I mean, look, at the end of the day, if he's requiring $3 million, they're not going to sign him. They're a rebuilding team uh, looking for, you know, any sort of talent. And the Danoff is what didn't really fit in with their scheme anymore. Um, they wanted it out bad, man. They're, I was it, Their fans hated him. Um I think anytime you trade somebody, so you always have the fans who are like, no matter what a team does, you're going to be pro the team. And you all have the fans that no matter what they do, they're going to go against it. So a lot of the fans that are active on social media, it didn't matter what they did. They would have been like, oh, you're so good at making trades. I think that's just, you see something across sports, across the board. But I will say, I want to shout out Bruce Levine for... Uh, it's Levine. Levine. Uh, <laughs> for, <laughs> for saying... Um, Gurionov never quit. And that's one thing we look at, like, Valdis Kushkin when he played with the Stars. He basically just quit on the team. And Gurionov never quit. So, got to give that to him. I mean, like, the thing about Gurionov, we always talk about this. He showed flashes and plays that 
it didn't look like a fourth line didn't look like a fourth line player like he would weave in and out and get to the net and it didn't look like somebody who would be a fourth line forward but he just couldn't score uh i have some listener comments you want me to read them off yeah all right so this guy says uh if he finds chemistry it's a great move we kind of see that fox uh uh, doesn't have the offense that's needed. Uh, he thinks that uh, this trade gets the if if this guy who's coming in gets the same scoring chances, he thinks that he will bury them, and guys like Foxa and Garyanov wouldn't. So that's his take. He thinks that this is going to help the scoring. I'm I'm not sure if I agree. With, I mean, he has four goals. I know he's playing on a bad team. I, I don't think this guy's going to be burying chances left and right. Yeah, I mean, if you think you're this guy's coming in as a home run hitter. That's just not the case. Like this is not a, a hail Mary trade deadline acquisition. So if, if anything, it's just more of a swap. I got two quick ones. This guy says, I hate it. I hate it. Uh, then <laughs> the next guy says, can't be worse than Gurionov. And I think that's where I fall on this. I think that's exactly the sentence you talk about with this trade. Can't Dude, be worse. I don't know if that's true though. I don't know if that's true. I really don't. You know, one thing about Gurionov, he's been there for a long time. Players like him. He is fast. And actually, I think his last five games have been his probably his best five games. But we say we say that. Oh, he's been good. He's been good. No, like, I don't say he's that. Good, his good doesn't equal points. I, I think don't they say actually that. took away I think they actually took away his assist the other night after I <laughs> but I, he just you know, his good is getting chances and they never go in. And it's just oh. I at some point Getting chances is not good enough in a 50-game sample. Well, one thing for sure, I mean, we're about to go into game last night. They need another defenseman. I, I, it, it just has to happen. Well, and the one, first thing I'm going to talk about in the first period is the two-on-ones were back. In the first period, it's like it translated straight over from the Chicago game. There were three or four two-on-ones. Again. Well, they're not even – it's not even that it's just two-on-ones, but typically the guy back is like – Suter, the the goal was Hanley. I mean, you just we'll get into that, that too, man. Suter on the power play, I mean, he just passed it directly to somebody else on the blue line that led to the two on line. Like, uh, last comment. Uh, this guy says terrible. I believe we went from a first round exit to a first round exit. So this guy just said that this didn't help us at all. Well, here's yeah. the thing: you can't, we can't get that. We're not going to trade for a Connor McDavid player with 1.6 million. I mean, there's. I don't think people realize how tight the cap situation is, and we're not going to make a trade deadline. Oh, I think that these people, these people, really think that we should trade like first round picks and stuff to get Kane. Like everybody wants Kane, and you're going to have to give up a pick. Look, at the end of the day, Patrick Kane, Patrick Kane does not want to be a Dallas star, so it doesn't matter. All right, are you all ready to move into the? You already move into the Vegas game. All right, so, I mean, Stars went 3-2 in shootout, something that uh, does not happen. Uh, I think all of us were probably shocked. Uh, going into overtime, I told my girlfriend, 5% chance, and that's coming from someone who's very optimistic. Uh, before we get into the first, I want to ask you a question, because uh, I, I believe the answer is yes. Did this game potentially save the Stars' season? And the reason I ask that question is, you lose, this would be six in a row, really deflating, you're falling out of it. Colorado is now, I think, one point behind. Winnipeg is two. I think now you're only 
I think it's I don't know who's in the second spot. I don't have the standings up, but you're only like three points ahead of the playoff line now. So I think this game and if you lost, you would have only been one point ahead. Now you can try to build momentum against these three bad teams you're about to play. So did this game and this comeback save the Stars season? Did that Robertson play save what could have been a spiraling downfall? Well, I mean, I guess it, it it just depends on what your definition of spiraling downfall is, right? I mean, well, my I'm saying if they lose this game, you know, obviously they that's not two points they get. They're one point ahead, and the momentum is down in the dumps again. You could go lose a couple more games, and the next thing you know, you don't even make the playoffs. So that Robertson gutsy dive right there, I think potentially could have, you know, it stopped the bleeding. Obviously, it could have stopped something even worse. Listen, I'm looking at Monday night. Or Tuesday night. Is that when we play? We play Monday? They play... Monday uh, versus Vancouver? Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at actually Monday as their big game. And, and the reason I say that is because they gotta, they've got to prove themselves they can win games at home against teams they need to win. Also, when I think winning... After a losing streak, winning back-to-back games is probably big because if you win one and then lose the next, it's like, okay, you're right back to the And, and, and they still need a dominant win. I mean, you think about the game last night for almost 65 minutes you saw but that type of game could really like get you together it can but what i'm saying is you need a dominant game to to prove you're back i mean most of that game could have easily lost the whole game you talked about uh on the road and at home so now they move it to 16 and 13 on the road 15 and 15 at home jake ottinger nine four and three 1.87 goals per game uh, seven hundred or nine hundred and forty-one save percentage. So he is much better on the road. I don't know why. It could be coincidence. It could be a couple outlier games, but I think that's interesting. Well, and let's talk about the uh, goaltender on the other side last night. Jeez, I've never seen anything like that. That Sagan save. That save might have been the best save I've ever seen. Completely did not. He didn't even see it. He just turned around and. Oh, Sagan had eight shots. Eight shots yesterday. Man, and he looks good. He looks he good. He had so I, I thought he looked really good. But anytime you have eight shots, and I think there was about four quality scoring chances, he's got to get one last. Like he really needed to get one last. I cannot believe he didn't score. I know he looked I mean, good. He's got to get one, but if Sagan's putting up eight shots a game, nobody's mad. Well, I'm mad he didn't pull one in the net. I mean, obviously the last one he got denied. Uh before we move on, Kyle, I want to get your take on the do you think if this game saved the star season? I'm gonna go with no. Because I still see the same problems I've seen the past three weeks. Well, I mean, you look at the scoreline, three goals. One of them is because you want to shoot out. One of them was with 36 seconds left with uh, the goalie pulled. The other one was in the first period. So we still couldn't score in the second period. The defense still, was still struggling. So I, I, I didn't see enough to say – I. <laughs> I think the Jason Robertson play saved the game, but I don't think that saved the season because I'm still seeing the same offensive struggles. We can't score like we used to. The defense is still very lackluster. So I think these next three games are going to really define the season. I You tweeted out yesterday about the Stars before the game. The Stars need to win the next three out of five. But I was thinking they need to win the next four out of five. Because here's the thing. Yeah, I just the that, reason I said three out of five is because I they were playing Vegas and Colorado, yeah. and I didn't want to get too cocky. Yeah, there. and that's the thing is they play three out of five of teams that are near the bottom of the NHL. I mean, they have one of the easiest back to backs probably you could schedule Arizona and then Chicago on paper, and then you play Vancouver with that. 
I mean, you got to win those three games, and then you have to beat either Vegas or Colorado. I, I mean, would say, like, show... Chicago, you just lost to Chicago, and Arizona has proven that they can beat the top teams around the league. Like, if you go look at their – just go look at their schedule, and you'll see random wins against the top teams. So, on paper, it looks easy, but don't be surprised if they drop one or possibly both of those games. I mean, it yeah, definitely I... could happen. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, but I mean, at the same time, this is a team that is expected to get in the playoffs and make a run. So you have to handle those three teams, and you got to handle either Vegas or Colorado. Because I mean, it kind of sounds dumb, but in the playoffs, you're not going to be playing Arizona or or right. uh, Chicago. You're going to be playing a Vegas. You're going to be playing a Colorado all the way through. So you got to prove you can beat those teams. But I think they really need to take these three games and. I just want to see a bunch of offensive scoring. I don't want to see them sit back. I want to see them put these teams away. And power play goals. Yes. Put them away when you have the chance. When you get one, when you get two, make it three to four. Don't let up. Spilled a little coffee on this jersey, but I guess it doesn't matter anymore. Um, Let's go to the first period. So a couple of the notes I have. Oh, and overall, I have a note that said Pavowski spent the entire game on the ground. Um. I tweeted out a video of him on his head skate, not him, but a hockey player on his head skating throughout the ice. I thought that was funny. But uh, first period, I wrote a lot of odd man rushes. Um, did you guys, I mean, I'm assuming you watched the game. There was a lot of odd man rushes. What did you see from that? Like, why were these happening again? Well, the main reason of this, this past game is because they were kind of tinkering with the, the, the D lineups. Uh, we, we, we got to see quite a bit of Miro and uh, Niels together, which I actually – Love. I mean, that was the my favorite. I mean, Hayes can look like himself again with that line. They, the four checking when they those two were out there were insane. They were holding point pucks in at the, at the point at the blue line, and dude, it just looked fast. That's what Hayes needed. You know, he's he's been put with these slow partners that can't keep up with him, and he, he gets too much reliability on both sides of the ice. And, and Neil's helped with that. But like we said, when you put Niels up with Haskin and then you're stuck with a Suter and uh, Hanley or Suter and Miller combo, and you're going to have those defensive uh, mishaps. So, so if if this team makes the playoffs, do you think that Miro is going to uh, try to take a bigger offensive role than he is now? Do you think that in the regular season he's kind of playing it a little bit safe and come playoff time he's going to try to do what he did in the bubble? Or do you think that he's just going to stay the same on how he's played uh in the regular season, I don't know. Or is that a DeBoer thing? Is that a, just a oh you go go score points? Uh, something about his game now is like more methodical than it used to be. It's like uh, something about it. Maybe. I think that's got to be coaching though. They're probably like, okay, we need you to step up defensively, like calm down a little bit on the offense or something. Like, I don't think that's his decision. Maybe, but regardless, if he's setting up Neal's on the other side of the ice, dude, I like that. That that gets me excited. All right, so but the stars. They need to go. A... They need to go figure out that that third decor issue right now. Whether it's going to be Hanley, whether it's going to be Harley that comes up, whether it's going to be Miller, whether it's going to be Suter, because right now they're too slow and they and they cannot keep up. Well, Suter's Suter's not getting benched. We all know that. No, well, Minnesota benched him. So. Yeah, I don't think Nil doesn't want to look bad. Uh, so the Stars had a four minute power play and didn't score on it. I I know there were a lot of good chances there. Uh, but I mean, that's we'll get onto the five on three later. But I mean, that's just unacceptable to me. You you gotta score against a good team. When you're you're playing a good team, you got a four minutes of a power play. You have to take the lead there. Yeah, I think power play just looked too slow. Pucks not moving fast enough. Um, 
you know, we were getting better shots, but still, I just, I don't think the puck just, it doesn't move fast enough side to side. I mean, you could, I I heard, you know, tip your cap to the goalie. He stood on his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. He was great. But you, on a, when you have a five on three and a four minute power play in a game, you got to score on at least one of them. No, it's it's ridiculous. And and I don't understand why they're not changing anything up. And look, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this and hold up. Fans are going to hate me for this. But their top players on our, our top line do not score enough. Robo has eight power play goals. Hints has five. It is not enough. And yeah, at the end I mean, of the day, I think that they go. At the for, end of the day, your best players have to cash in on the power play. I think they target Ben. Like, if you looked yesterday, they were really trying to feed him the puck in the middle. And I think that their plan is to get in, and then Robertson scares the defense because they're they're focused on him, and then they slide it to Ben, and he scores. I really think that's their strategy. If you, you know, the uh, camera angle that Bally does behind the net where they show you like going this way, they. If you saw that angle, it looked like they were just trying to get it to Ben and repeat. Yeah, Robinson I mean, looks like he he doesn't sh- and he's he hesitates a lot now on that side. I think he just when he gets it on that left side, he just needs to let it go. And he scored that power play goal the other night, and he just like you said, he weaved in and out, let it go, and scored. He so, did, I mean, but, if- yeah. But now, like he looks like he gets it, and he's automatically just looking for Ben, or he's looking to pass it back up to Miro. It well, my thing like is they need. One thing is he doesn't have a slap shot, so that'll always be taken away from him on the power play. But two, they need to move more. You'll notice they sit in the same exact spot on the power play the entire time. They don't move. And I think if you were to move a little bit, maybe go behind the net, maybe switch up the positions, you could get players in a better position to score the goal. But they, they'll just sit in their spot, play tic-tac-toe until the time's up. So the last thing I have for the first is, you know, my note is Otter bailed us out. Uh, the shots on goal were 5-15 uh, in, in favor of Vegas. So Ottinger really helped us out there. Any other thoughts on the first before we move on to the second? Uh, I thought the first was a good reflection of what our last couple of games have looked like. A, a whole lot of just nothing. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think uh, I couldn't give you the time, but at one point we were being outshot like eight to zero or eight to one. It was the first, so the stars didn't get their first shot on goal until twelve. Uh, I think it was the twelve minute mark. Yeah, I mean it's just it was seven zero at one point. It's ridiculous. Uh, so on to the second. Uh, you know we talked about the power play again. Five on three, no goals. Uh, what did you guys see from that power play? Uh, kind of a continuous problem of struggling 5v3. Uh, this is at least a third straight 5v3 they have not scored on. I, I can't go back further than that, but I know for a fact they've had a 5v3. It is, it is three in a row. For at least a minute where they could not score. And and Vegas's goalie was sassy. You know, <laughs> Ben shot it, and he nice glove save on Hintz right after, and he stared Ben down. I thought that was funny. They had a nice little conversation there. <clears throat> One thing I would have wished they'd do on the 5v3 is pinch the defenseman a little bit or the guys at the point. If you'll notice, they had a guy on each side of the goal. They had Ben in the middle, and then their defensemen were basically at the blue line. They only have three guys, so pinch pinch the two defensemen a little bit closer so the puck can move a little bit quicker and they can have a better chance to shoot. I feel like we were we were basically playing 3v3 with our defensemen way up the ice. Yeah. So 12 minutes into the second – Vegas gets a deflection goal. 
Uh, was there anything you guys saw on that that, you know, maybe could have been prevented? I mean, to me, it just looked like a nice deflection. Nothing Ottinger can do about it. Yeah, I mean, that's going to happen. You're not going to stop all those. The yeah. biggest player got in front of the net and made a good tip at the end of the day. So, immediately, yeah, two two minutes later, uh, a shot by Ben hits Delandria and kind of sticks to him and falls right down to Delandria's stick and a backdoor pass to Wyatt Johnston ties the game. So I thought this was really huge to get it back two minutes later. Uh, I think this was the Stars... Ah, I think this was the Stars' best line. I was going to talk about the Sagan line because he had eight shots, but I mean, that's an individual there. Uh, this was definitely the Stars' best line in my eyes. Uh, and Johnson ties the game. What did you guys see from that goal? It's kind of a misplay there. You know, puck bounced at the right time to the, the right push and they put it in the back of net. So, I mean, you'll take those and you know, you play an aggressive four-checking style and you put pucks on that and stuff like that's going to happen, so. Yeah, the Stars outshot Vegas 22-5 to in the second period. So I thought they played a really good period other than the five-on-three not capitalizing. I thought it was a perfect period. Anything else on the second before we get to the, the last period? Nope. Wyatt Johnson, man, needs to be talked about more. Yeah, he's incredible. So... Third period, stars go down 2-1. Um, end of the game, it's looking like Vegas is going to get an empty netter, two-on-one, and Robertson lays out, dives, saves the game. And I really thought this was a gutsy play because he could have easily just kept skating and let him, let him score, which you see a lot. But he went all out, dove, saved the game, and hence ties the game with 38 seconds. Uh, I talked to Austin before the show, and... I know he was sitting there thinking there was no chance the Stars were going to tie the game because I was too. At With one minute left, I'm like, yeah, no chance. Um, and then the hint goal was reviewed. And at that point, I'm thinking, oh, don't give me the deja vu from the Columbus game. When the hint goal was reviewed, was I the only one that was like, yeah, definitely going to get taken back with how things are going? No, I, I did too. And actually, Kyle was like very adamant that the puck hit the net. So... You, he was very sure that that puck hit the top of the net. Dude, I was well, going to cry. I was so adamant, dude, because Razor made it sound like it hit the net. And But then when I go back and, like, think about the game, usually when that kind of stuff happens, you see, like, all of the players, like, react and, like, try to point to the Well, they have a perfect really view. Like, they could tell. No, yeah. Vegas Vegas were all pointing. Well, I think well, you mentioned the, one guy really they're gonna was, do but that. it wasn't like the whole team. Petrangelo completely stopped playing. and he, I don't know what he was doing, but he completely just pointed up to the net and so was staring at it. Overall thoughts on the last minute sequence uh, to tie the game? I mean, it's just a gutsy effort by the Stars. You know, having players like Robo, uh, you know, make that kind of effort saves the game. Yeah. Um. Uh, so tie game, we go into overtime, and my first note is get Pavelski off the ice. He's too slow. He gets out there and immediately a two-on-one because he can't get back. Uh, what did you guys think of the overtime period? I know there was a lot of chances both sides. Uh, uh, Vegas outshot the Stars 8-3 to three in that period. So. I thought it was another good overtime. You know, they've, they've definitely spent a lot of practice working on 3v3. Um. The only thing that scared me is I, I'm not so sure I'm a big fan of the three forwards out there at one time. Uh, both me and Kyle watched the top line sitting there trying to play defense against the uh, Vegas top line. It wasn't exactly seven or eight chance. 
away. So I would stay away from that and keep a defender out there. Yeah, I think it was very hectic. That goalie made a probably save of the year. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm with you. I don't like the three forward look, especially with Kabelski being slower and Robertson not being fast. Um, we did see more Esselindell out there then over time, which I thought was an interesting adjustment. Um, I wasn't mad about it. Um, I mean, he's an elite, goal, he's an elite goal scorer and playmaker, so you expect him to be out there at some point. <laughs> okay, so on to shootouts. I mean, Robertson is automatic in the shootout. And I wanted to say, I think the reason he's so good is because he doesn't try to get cute with it. He just goes in and shoots it. And I think Dude, that's what it, I told Kyle, this is the weirdest thing ever. He he goes, he skates to that left side. He does the he same thing every time. He slowly comes and he just flicks it very slowly to the top of the right net every time. I think he's five out of six this year. Dude, he does the same thing. There's no moves. There's no fakes. He just and throws everybody it should up. do it. When you try to get too fancy, they're gonna stick check you and you're gonna lose it. I don't understand why everybody. But do I do it. think coaches of Dallas Stars listen to this podcast because they did hear me say Hans needs to shoot. That second. was my yep. And Hans shot. He scored. You put your best goal scores first. You don't sit there putting Joe Slow Pavelski who can't score in 15 games shooting in the shootout. Yeah. So, all right. Overall, I mean, Stars win three two, huge win. Uh, anything else from the game before we talk about the upcoming schedule and MVPs and stuff? Shout out Tanner for getting the score right. He predicted three to two, and he got it right. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um. All right. So let's MVPs. Uh, I'll I'll go first. My MVP is Jake Ottinger. Uh, I thought he was fantastic. I don't have the numbers, but he saved over 40 shots. Um, so I really like what he did. My loser is Joe Pavowski. He spent the entire game on the ground, like literally the entire game. Uh, I, I know I'm really hard on him right now, but I mean, he doesn't even look like a hockey player right now. And I, I was listening to the ticket and Bruce, Bruce and, uh, Saad were like, yeah, he he's Pavowski was amazing tonight. I mean, you know, the goalie just stood on his head. I mean, he's on the ground. How is he amazing? He literally crawled. So you guys, you guys can do your MVPs. Uh, Kyle, you got you got anything for us? Yeah, I'm ready. Um, I I I was gonna go Jake Ottinger too. Um, the only thing that I didn't like about Jake Ottinger was that the Jack Eichel goal. I don't think. I don't know yeah, he, he didn't move. I wasn't a fan of it either, but I think anytime it's a one. Like breakaway, just you and the goalie. Yeah. No matter what happens, I never blame it on the goalie. But it wasn't he just, because he had the defender they, on the backside. You, you and have he to did come, not move. Eh. I mean, well, I we're, we're not going to take away from it. we're not going to take away from Andre's game. But that that is one where I was like, really. It was initially I agree because I I had the same thought, but then I you know big picture when you're covering just by yourself, they can go in so many different directions that you're going to be slow wherever they go. So that's your MVP, Kyle. No, no, I'm, I'm gonna do somebody different. Um, my MVP, I think it's pretty obvious. It's Jason Robertson. I mean, without that play, we're we're not in the game. That's um, exactly who I was gonna pick. I don't know why I said Ottinger, but yeah, without that, I mean, we don't even get the chance to. Um, it's it's people are not talking about him. that play enough on Twitter. I haven't seen anybody talk about it. Yeah, I think the the other goalies save and other things have now 
trampled over that, but that was just an absolutely great play. My loser, and I love this guy so much. I love listening to him on the broadcast. But Razor Man, all those big words, I don't under, I don't know what they mean. All right, I, I need some words that I can understand. Um, don't get me wrong, I larceny. Yeah, I don't know. I, I need some words I can understand. My MVP is going to be two episodes in a row, and why he may didn't score, he looks like the best Dallas Stars forward right now. It's Tyler Sagan. Look, if Tyler Sagan is getting quality chances, that's all I'm asking for. Eventually, those are going to go in the back of the net. But he's playing aggressive. He's shooting pucks on the net. He's getting open, and he's playing like a good forward. Look, that's the, that's the Tyler Sagan that we know. That's the Tyler Sagan that the Stars need. And I think it's actually time they put him on the first line. I'm going to keep saying it, but it's time he centers that line. Uh, who's your loser? Hmm. The, the loser is, for me, the... Hmm. That's tough. I'm actually going to go with the Stars cap situation as my loser. The fact that we continue to play so, at 11 minutes. 11 and 7 games with Hanley out there as our dual forward slash defenseman. Look, that's just not going to cut it. But I understand, you know, we got two players hurt. So, uh, but I mean, you can't play like that. Well, I think we have the room to bring a forward up. I think they mentioned it yesterday. They have the option to, and they can, but it's just with the cap situation, I think they just want to save as much as possible just for any move they want to make. Which may have been because of today. Who knows? All right, let's uh quick standings update. Stars are three points ahead of Colorado, Winnipeg, four points ahead of Minnesota. Uh, they have the same games played as Winnipeg and Minnesota, but uh, like I said, so they're three points ahead of Colorado, and they are they played two more games, so really tight there. Uh, in terms of point percentage, they're point four percent above Colorado, and then overall four points away from the playoff line of not making it. So they, they remain in first and they are two points behind Vegas for the West. Uh, let's, we talked about it. They play Vancouver on Monday in Dallas, then a back-to-back uh, in Dallas against Arizona. And then they play Chicago on the road. So, uh, I mean, I guess we can do, I don't know when we're going to record next, but let's just start with the Vancouver game. Uh, what are your predictions for that one? Well, I mean, Vancouver's still sitting people out right now. Uh, you know, one of their best defensemen not playing. Um, you know, so you got to win that game. Um, I, I do think this is a, the Stars' comeback win. I think it's going to be a, a bigger win. I think it's going to be four to one Dallas. I agree. I think I'm going to go three one Dallas, and I don't know when we're going to record, so I'll do the next two games and. Not score, but I, I think they're going to win the next three. I think this is the Vegas game was going to turn it around. So I think they're going to go on a little four-game winning streak, and hopefully I'm going to the Colorado game next Saturday, so hopefully they will uh, somehow win that game. Where was our invite? Well, I got birthday money, so. I think we should win all three, um, especially uh, Vancouver. <laughs> they just traded their captain, what, a month ago? Now is that? So, I mean – they're a team that's not very good right now. I mean, it's still Vancouver and still, but they got to win these next three. You got to get some momentum and you got to go against Colorado. And I want to make, I want to make, I want to make next episode a listener questions, Q and A type of thing. So I, I want to have a uh, listeners. Do you want to do questions, questions or voicemails? What? 
<laughs> I know sometimes like they will put on voicemails and you can listen. Nah, just questions. So we're, we'll send out a tweet after this and try to get some some questions to answer on the pod. All right. Uh, do you guys have anything else quick to wrap it up? Nope. Got to go take care of business at home. It's time to get a better home record than 15 and 15. Yeah. All right. If you well, still want to come on, I still love you and I'd love yeah. to have you on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, if you want to take anything away from this episode, Kyle hates Razor. Okay. All right. Uh, glad we got a win and let's, let's win at home.